This is Real Life with Kevin West. Numbers 14, we're going to start in verse 11. Mike, and it doesn't matter what version. We'll go to verse 22, then we're going to go to the book of John, and go to the book of Luke, and the book of Revelation, and back to Genesis, and then over to Exodus again. <laughs> and to be honest with you, we're probably going to get to Luke. So, you ready? Y'all good? Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them, I will strike them with the pestilence and, and look at this, and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. And here's what Moses said. Moses said to the Lord, Well, go ahead, God. Then the Egyptians will hear it. For by your might, you brought these people up from out from among them. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land that have heard that you, Lord, are among these people. That you, Lord, are seen face to face and your cloud stands above them and you go before them in a pillar of cloud a day by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations will, which will have heard of your fame will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring these people to the land which he swore to give them, therefore he killed them in the wilderness. And now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great, just as you have spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children of the third and fourth generation. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to, look at this, to your word, Moses. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled woo, with the glory of the Lord. Now here is a man, a man, Moses. Here's a man that has the audacity to talk to God in a way to turn his heart to be soft. That's what you call intercession. Right? Now, if the Bible says that Jesus forever lives to make intercession for you, this is a picture right here of the very fact that Christ is alive. You get the end of this passage of scripture and not the beginning. You see that? You get the end of it. You get the pardon. And if Moses, being the mediator of a covenant that has flaws, that has no way of man keeping it, and the covenant in Hebrews, that the Hebrew writer speaks that Jesus is a moderator or mediator of a better more excellent covenant, how much more today, Jesus living to make intercession, do we get not only pardoned, we get in. See, here's the difference. The old covenant during these days, 
These, these guys were brought out of Egypt to go into the land of promise, into their fulfillment of their destiny. But they only got into the middle, and here's where the problem started, because the Lord looks at them and says, why are they not going to believe me? I'm not looking for a lot of perfection, but I am looking for belief. Yeah. I'm not looking for them to have it all together. I'm not even measuring their, their flesh, but I am measuring their faith. I'm measuring, do they believe me? I, 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 I split the Red Sea. I have pillar of fire at night and cloud by day. I, I, I brought water out of a rock. I gave them manna from heaven. Their shoes and their clothes never worn out. But in the middle of still stress and struggles and, and trials, it just isn't good enough. I'm just looking for a people to believe me. Right. Yes, amen. That's all I'm looking for. That's what he said. I'm, I'm just looking. Because he, he said it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to disinherit them. Moses, it's not you. I'll bring up another nation that's even better than them. I'll do it. I'll disinherit them and I'll raise up another one. And then all of a sudden, when the Lord has this decree that he makes to Moses, and the reason that he had to make that to Moses is because without faith, it's impossible to please God. God wants us to, have, to believe him. But when Moses looks back at him and says, Here's the problem. Everything you're saying, God, is right. They're, 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 they're in witchcraft and rebellion because they don't believe you. They're ungrateful. They've, they've forgotten the last good thing you did for them because this is a tough season. They forgot all the times you did heal, all the times you did deliver, and all the times you did make miracles, and now they're in a tough spot. They're hurting. They're in pain. They're, they're emotionally distressed. And because this one seems like the big one, they forgot all the other ones that you did for them. Right. Yeah. You ever been there? Yeah. Ever, we've all been there. I don't care who you are. You get into a place, and this one, it's like Sanford and Son. It's like old Fred Sanford. This is the big one, Elizabeth. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I know it's coming. This, I've been waiting. I've, I've, I've survived 20 other ones, but I know this one's the big one. And I'm not talking about just in the heart. I'm talking about trials. Amen. I'm talking about I'm talking about storms. Yeah. I'm talking about when something comes at you and you think, God, and you forget that he brought you out of those other bad jobs that you had, and you just happen to be in a bad one right now, and you're in between. You're going, oh, God, I'm here. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. God win. God win. God win. And God's saying, listen, do you not forget what I've done for you the last 20 years of your life? Amen. Yeah. See, when you get around Christmas time like this, when you get around the holiday season, it's easy to start measuring disappointments and discouragements because we've all had them. Because you begin to reflect back on the last 12 months and the last year, the last couple of years of your life, and maybe even the last couple of months of your life, and you begin to go, goodness, I don't know if I can take much more. This is rough. This is tough. And I, I, I need some relief. And God, I have good days and I have bad days. And I have good days and I have bad days. And sometimes you get hard on yourself for having those days. And you think, God, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? No, sometimes life is just a process of up and down and roller coaster rides. Yes. Sometimes it's okay to have emotional ups and downs. Right? I don't know anybody that's got it all together. Amen. Right? Amen. Even Moses in his day. Because... Just a few scriptures earlier, or maybe even a little later too, he looks at God and tells God, kill every last one of them. <laughs> They're your people. Because they turned on him. Now he's, he's, now he's interceding for them with this particular story. A few, minutes, a few, few, few chapters later, they're going, Moses you, Moses, you didn't get us water. We need water. Moses is going, God, I'm telling you, I'd take them all out if I was you. 
right? But the Lord, but Moses is looking back at God. He's, he's got this. He's, he's reminding of the Lord that if you do this, the Egyptians, the world system, the world. He's only talking about the Israelites, the Hebrews. He says the world, the Egyptians will see because they they've seen your hand on these people. The world has seen the testimony of your goodness in the lives of your people. Right. If you take them out now, and, they, and because of their unbelief, all the world's going to say is, oh, he had the power to bring them out, yeah. but he didn't have the power to take them in. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the landscape of society in the world today, most people will believe us if we say that the Lord's good. Yes. That he's faithful. He's good. But what the world has not yet seen but we'll see, see soon is how the church, the people of God, to, do truly walk in and step in to the fulfillment of the destiny we have for our life. We have escaped hell and they cheer us on. Right. right? But what they haven't seen truly and fully yet, and they will, is when the church, the remnant of the church, finally steps into that place and becomes the true expression of Christ in our everyday lives. When we start seeing more victories than explanations of our defeats. Amen. When we see, see more hands held high and triumphant wins than explanations of why things aren't working the way we thought they should work. Because there's coming a day, and I think we're living in it now, that on the real fringes of this, to where we're going to begin to see things happening in our life that are unexplainable and undeniable. You're going to see things happen that you didn't take credit for. You can't take credit for. You couldn't do it on your own. It's going to be the Lord doing it, and it's going to be marvelous in our eyes. All he's looking for is not a perfected people, not a, 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 a wonderful people, not a people that are better than the world. He's not looking for all that. He's looking for somebody that will believe him. Can I, he's saying, can I deposit something inside of you? And you believe it when things get tough. Will you not deny me, wrestle with me when things are rough? Will you still believe me when in, 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 in the process, when things are moving from one place to another? And you can't explain it because you're going, oh God, I, I didn't expect that. that was, that's disappointment. That's discouraging. But can you still believe him? And I'm not saying you believe him for what you're discouraged about, but you have to still believe him for who he is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's things we lose in life that happens and disappointments happen and setbacks and, and, and hurts and pains and they knock us on our feet or off our feet and we're laying there going, and I see Christians get up and go, well, I mean, the Lord's good, you know, he, he, uh, he uh, you know, I hate to say it this way, but you, know, you lose a loved one and sometimes we'll stand up because we don't want to actually put that on God and we'll say, well, God took her or took him from us and, to, and I got news for you, God doesn't take all those people. Sometimes, sometimes it's just, we're just not there yet. And I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about us as believers. Yeah. We're, 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 we're moving towards it, but we're, not, we're not, just not there yet. And uh, understanding is still coming, and revelation is still coming, and, and the fullness of time is still coming, and all those things are happening. But, but we're going to see some things unfold. And how I know that to be true, because I say this a lot, is there's a scripture that Paul says to the Corinthian church that has troubled me ever since I read it. And I still get troubled by it because he says there's people that went to sleep and had to, went to sleep or died before their time because of our inability to, to discern the Lord's body. Yeah. So if he tells us, here's the cause and here's the reason and here's why, then I see it. This is happening 
because of this inefficiency. If that's happening because of this inefficiency, then that must mean if we fix this inefficiency, this changes. Right? right? I don't know how to change that inefficiency by doing more. You can't write a check and get a miracle. Unlike what they tell you on television sometimes. Right? It doesn't work. You can't buy that from the Lord. The Lord can't be manipulated or bought. But what he can be is believed. And our job at this point, I think, in history is to begin believing God for things that we know and believing God for things we don't have a clue on. We don't know how he's going to do it, but I believe that he will. I don't know how he's going to turn that sorrow into joy, but he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to change that kid's life, but he's going to change that kid's life. I don't know how he can take that situation. And you know, we, can, we are good at making just messes out of things. We can take something and turn it into something really so bad. And then the more you put your hands on it, the worse it can get. Am I the only one that does that around here? All right. No, you take it, you look at it, you go, my God, I've created a mess on my hands. And then I go, oh, I got an idea. I know how to fix that. And then two or three weeks later, you realize that, God, it's worse than it was when I put my hands on it. Right? And then you just keep digging a hole for yourself. The best thing, I'm not telling you to take your hands off. I'm taking to say, you better make sure his hands are on it first and then put your hands over top of his. Right? And if his hands are on it first, then he's going to navigate through this process. So that's what begins to happen. So what he's telling to Moses tells him that, and I want you to see this because I want you to see that, that, that Christ is obviously the mediator of the new covenant, but now that he's in us, Jesus isn't going to come down here and do this. Right. It's going to be us as the co-mediators of the new covenant because he's in you. Yeah. Here's what happens. Moses felt confident enough to tell the Lord, hey, here's what's going to happen. As soon as you do this, the world's going to say you couldn't take him in. And, Mo, and God did not go back to Moses and say, Quit, who do you think you're talking to? I do that to my kids. <laughs> but who do you think you're talking to? Caden? You don't talk to me that way. I might even agree with you, but I can't right now. Because you shouldn't be talking to me that way. <laughs> well, maybe I need parenting classes. But the reality of it is, pride gets in the way. Yes. Right? And you're going, I don't know who you think you are. Uh, and then you go to tell Lisa, I said, well, he's right. But I'm not going to let him know right now he's right. And Moses went right to God. I mean, this was just in a matter of six or eight scriptures and verses. It turned. And God looked back at Moses and says, you're right. They are pardoned. Listen. At thy your word. Yeah. <laughs> this is Moses. Mm-hmm. And don't forget now, this is chapter what? 14, 13, number 14. Just a, not even 10 years before, not even 10 years before, Moses was running for his life, mm-hmm. hiding, because 40 years before, he killed a man. Right? What qualified Moses to be able to look at the Lord and say, hey, you can't do that. You better think this thing through. As if the Lord hadn't already thought it through. Right? I I don't believe God himself, after after Moses said this, I don't believe God himself turned around to the angels of heaven and the hosts and said, I am so thankful he reminded me of that. I wasn't, that was once, man, thank God Moses saw the blind spot up here. 
Thank God for Moses, man. Thank you, Moses. That was awesome right there, you know. I'll give you all the accolades right here. And Gabriel's up there just clapping his hands, going crazy, and the rest of them are excited. And the ones that have gone before, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that have gone before, are up there going, God, man, we wish we were like Moses. Go, Moses, go, Moses, go, Moses, go. I don't believe that happened. I believe the Lord did that as an illustration directly for Moses to understand, you got some power, my friend. You got influence with me because I allowed you to have influence with me. I've allowed you to be close to me. I've allowed you to have my ear, my ear and my heart. And now you can not only speak. Moses, you will represent those people to me. And whatever you feel about those people to me, I will honor. It's powerful. So take it even a step further. Now we bring ourselves into the New Testament. We bring ourselves into this, this Christmas story. And let's go to Luke chapter, Luke chapter 1. Let's go to the Message Bible, if you don't mind. Is it too much to switch back? Is it too hard? I'll give you just a second if you need to. Let's go to the Message Bible. Luke chapter 1, verse 1. And uh, we're going to read the message. And this is probably going to mess a lot of us up today. If, you ever never read, if you've never read the Message Bible, here we go. Can you tell the difference? Here we are. So many others have tried their hand at putting together a story of the wonderful harvest of scripture and history that took place among us. Using reports handed down by the original eyewitnesses who served this word with their very lives. Since I have investigated all the reports in close detail starting from the story's beginning, I decided to write it all out for you, most honorable Theopolis, so you can know. Beyond the shadow of this, beyond the shadow of a doubt, the reliability of what you were taught. During the rule of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest assigned service in the regiment of Abijah. His name was Zechariah. His wife was the descendant from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Together they lived honorably before God, careful in keeping to the ways of the commandments and enjoying a clear conscience before God. But they were childless because Elizabeth could never Conceived, and now they were quite old. It so happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God, working the shift assigned to his regiment, it came in his one turn in life, one turn in life, look at this, to enter the sanctuary of God and burn incense. The congregation was gathered and praying outside the temple. And we're talking multitudes of people on the outside doing worship singing and praying at the hour of the incense offering. Look at this. Unannounced, <laughs> unexpected, unexplainable, but yet undeniable. An angel of God appeared just to the right of the altar of the incense. Zechariah was paralyzed in fear. <laughs> Think about this. You got people on the outside worshiping, singing, excited because inside was this moment that they've been waiting for all year long. Zechariah going into the temple doing his thing, excited, got his, his priestly robe on, doing the whole thing, this is excited with his, his incense, going into this thing and doing as a custom that had been done for, for the, since the day of Moses. And he walks in this thing and this day was different. He has this appearing of this angel 
that speaks to him. And the first thing he has, when he came in contact with the supernatural, as long as he was doing natural things in a religious way, it was okay. But when he came in contact with something supernatural out of the way, it's scary. What are you going to do when you start coming in contact on a regular basis with unexplainable, undeniable, supernatural things of God about your daily life? He's going to work. He was representing the people. And the people outside, and here's the thing, nobody on the outside knew what was happening on the inside. There are going to be things happening in your life that are unexplainable and undeniable, supernaturally, that the outside world will not know, but you will have, it'll, it'll, it'll knock you off your socks. It'll make you go, oh my God, what is happening to me? Am I having an encounter with God? And I'd like to tell you that it's because you're that good, but I'd be lying to you. I'd like to tell you that it's because you pray all the time, but I'd be lying to you. I'd like to tell you that you don't read the Message Bible, you read the King James only, but I'd be lying to you. Right? I'd like to tell you it's because of your, you wrote the biggest check last week in the offer. It did any of that. This is no respecter of people. This is God initiating it because it was the time for God to initiate it because he was changing the world's seasons. And if you know the seasons and the times we're in, and you look at the clouds and you can see it, you know when it's going to rain, you know when the sun's shining. The Bible says in Matthew, Jesus told the disciples, he goes, then how come you can't discern the times that you're in? You've got to know there's things that are happening and things that are changing and things that are moving. Yeah. And they're moving quickly. And they're going from things that are just mundane and just regular protocol to I'm going to bust up your protocol yes. and invade from heaven into the earth. Amen. Thank you, Paralyzing fear. Next verse. But the angel reassured him. Don't, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Look at this. Your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth, your wife, will bear a son by you. You are, you are to name him John. You're going to leap like a gazelle for joy. And not only you. These are old people too, guys. I didn't, I didn't really realize that to this now. It's one thing for her, you know, being old and having a baby. But it's old, he's an old man going to leap like a gazelle. That ought to give you husband some, 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 some encouragement. But, but, and not only you, many would delight in his birth. Look at this. He'll achieve great stature with God. He'll drink neither wine nor beer. He'll be there are going to be some of you right now that think it's okay to drink because it's okay for you. Not, it's not a sin. You've already measured it out in your whole heart and your head. And the Lord's going to tighten you up. There are things in your life that you have let yourself kind of widespread, not going to send you to hell, but you're going to, he's going to convict you, not, not arrest you, Come on. Come on, brother. not condemn you. He's just going to say, you know, I got to, I got to eliminate something. And it's not just going to be stuff like that. It could be sugar. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling all those things sins. I'm just telling you, don't be surprised when he says, yeah, I'm going to tighten you up. Amen. Right. Because in the season of supernatural is the season when you tighten up. Not because he makes you. And not because some preacher tells you to. It's because something on the inside is working through you. And what was bad in the bad season, you'll go, oh, that's not for me this season. 
and you won't go try to put your convictions on somebody else and think that's the way it's supposed to be over there. Right? right. right? Yes. Zachariah didn't walk out there and say, hey, my kid's not going to drink wine or beer or he's going to be a Nazarite vow, so your kids need to take that too. He didn't do that. He focused on his stuff. Yes. Amen. Right? And don't go putting your convictions on everybody else. Right. Unless it's like sports and you can put it on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he will herald God's arrival. He will turn, look at this. Let me first. He'd be filled with the Holy Spirit from the, from the moment he leaves his mother's womb. He will turn many sons and daughters of Israel back to their God. He will herald God's arrival in the style and strength of Elijah. Look at this. Soften the hearts of parents to children and kindle devout understanding among hardened skeptics. He'll get the people, look at this. This is the main thing. He'll get the people ready for God. Zechariah said to the angel, do you expect me to believe this? We're back in Exodus. Right? God's going, man, I can't take them in because they won't believe me. So I'm going to just disinherit them. Right? Look what God does now in this season. Do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man. See, it wasn't so much about his wife. It was a matter of, he, I can't run like a gazelle. I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. But the angel said, I am Gabriel. The sentinel of God sent especially to bring you this glad, good, glad, happy news. But because you won't believe me, you're not going to be able to say a word until the day of your son's birth. Every word I've spoken to you will come true on time, God's time. Yeah. Meanwhile, the congregation waiting for Zechariah was getting restless, wondering what was, going, was keeping him in there so long in the sanctuary. When he came out and couldn't speak, they knew he had seen a vision. Here's the problem. He continued speechless and no way could tell him the vision and had to use sign language with the people. When the course of his priestly assignment was completed, he went back home. It was long before his wife Elizabeth conceived. It wasn't long after, before she conceived. She went off by herself for five months, relishing her pregnancy. So this is how God acts to remedy my unfortunate condition, she says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth. Now watch what's happening. This is unexplainable, undeniable. Are you, are you seeing it's, it's in these times. It's when the Lord's going to do it, God's going to do it. All he's looking for is somebody to believe him. Amen. 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 I'm telling you, he's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for everything to be handed just perfectly to you. But what he is looking for, can you, can you just be gullible enough to believe God's going to do what he said he would do? Amen. Can you make yourself vulnerable enough? Now, when you make yourself vulnerable or gullible, that means there's a risk of you getting hurt. There's a risk of you getting disappointed. Have you become so jaded because of all the losses and disappointments we've had that you have a hard time making yourself vulnerable to God? If you are, my prayer for you today is that be removed. And you don't have a history and a track record of disappointments and hurts so much that you can't make yourself open to God again. Because what we end up doing is because we get hurt, we don't even realize we're doing it. Over the course of life, we have disappointments, we have discouragements, we have hurts, things we've inflicted on ourselves, things that other people have inflicted on us that we had nothing to do with. And we look around and we go, my God, I see the condition of my life. And, and, and you start seeing the regrets. When you start seeing regrets, there's only one offense that you go on when you have regrets. It's actually defense. Yes. 
What you end up doing is building a wall of defense around your life, and you only let certain people in so far. In fact, it's not because you're trying to keep people out from getting in. It's because you're scared to death to come from the inside to go out. Yes. And God wants you to come out. God wants you to come out and play with the big guys and enjoy the life that he has. I was with a, a group of people one time and a bunch of pastors. And the pastors were upset at a certain group of people because they were coming in their areas and busting the kids out. And I sat there for the longest time and um, I thought to myself, gosh, you guys are really upset about that. It really was bothering them so much that they were really, really angry at this group of people of going into their areas and just busting kids out. And they go, they finally spoke up and they said, you know, we don't come out of your neighborhood. If we come in your areas where you guys are, we get pulled over or stopped, which is probably true. And they start saying things like, he said, yeah, I said, so, so, but you guys can come in ours and nobody's going to say a word to you. That's just not fair. And so I heard it differently. I spoke up and I said, oh, so the issue is not you guys come, or us coming in. The issue is you all want to come out. And I said, I got an idea. Why don't we provide you the bus to come out here and bring people in? And you'd have thought I would have just cussed them out. They said, that's not what we're looking for. No, why? Because it's easier for us to stay in and be victim than it is for us to come out and be responsible. Right? So in this time of life we're living in right now, it's dangerous to stay behind the walls of your own defense. It's dangerous. Because behind that, as God begins to try to penetrate beyond your walls, the only person you're going to be fighting are not going to be people who are going to be fighting God. Because he's going to come in and pull you out. He goes to poke holes in your wall. That's what Jericho is. They marched around Jericho for the what? The walls to come tumbling down. What? The walls of defense. Yeah. It wasn't to keep the, for the people from Jericho getting in, or, or from the walls of getting in. It was for the walls to come down so the people from Jericho could get the Israel children could get out. Jericho could get out so the Israel can come in and then all of that can, 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 can be taken for the children of Israel as the first province of ten that God had for them. So God wasn't just trying to get the children of Israel in. He wanted the walls to come out down so the children that were bound up inside of those Egyptian Jer- Jericho could get out as much as they could get in. Does that make sense? Yeah. He's trying to get the people out of your walls. Yes. The walls of defense, Jeremiah calls it. We build them, and then we keep people out. And anybody that gets close to us will begin to latch out when they start pushing on those walls. God forbid they put their handle on the door to unlock something, because then we're going to bite their hand off. Right? And it can't work that way. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph. And the virgin's name was Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. And watch this. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. Unexplainable and undeniable. It's coming. 
Mary, you have nothing to fear. God is a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. I don't know that you just heard the magnitude of that. This girl was a young girl minding her own business. And a man appeared as an angel. And he appeared to her and he said this. Oh, I got a surprise for you. God, God, God loves you. You're beautiful inside now. And we're, you're going you're gonna to move across the country. That's what God says for you to do. Well, I would have handled that all right. You're taking a new job. Mary, I got a career path for you. I, Mary, I'm going to introduce you to somebody that you've never met before that's going to open your eyes to your life and you're going to become a, a prophetess. Mary, no. He went right from the jugular. <laughs> Mary, virgin woman, you're going to be with a baby. You're going to conceive a child and you've never been with a man. Unexplainable, <laughs> but undeniable. Watch. He will be a great. Wait a minute. I'll go back up here. But you will be pregnant and give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, be called Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end ever to his kingdom. I could, I could spend two hours right there on that one little thing, no end to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel, and the angel answered, unexplainable, undeniable. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called the Holy Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her bearer. And he left that part out there. And, and Zachariah is going to leap like with joy like a gazelle. And here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. And Mary said, hey, I see it now. I'm the Lord's maid ready to serve. Before we go any further, why didn't she say, you better go tell Joseph. <laughs> I'm in. But you got to... It's unexplainable, and it's going to be undeniable. How in the world are we going to explain this to the people? Right? How, what are you going to do when God does something so much in your, in your life and does something that's so incredible, and you have that visitation, and all of a sudden you begin to see and hear and feel things in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural realm, that goes completely against everything that you've ever known? And you can't go explain it to everybody because they're going to think you're nuts. They're going to think you're crazy. The minute you become, when you begin to believe God for who he is, and I'm talking about making yourself gullible and vulnerable, the minute you open your heart up to God for things that are supernatural, and I'm not talking about spooky, weird things. I'm talking about just things that, that are, are everyday life occurrences that, that bypass the natural mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about stuff that's, that it really is practical. Yes. And, and, and things start happening. When you begin to, to believe God for that, it does. It messes with your head. Because you, you can't explain it to everybody. Amen. And if you did, they won't believe you. Right? So then what we end up doing is because we're trying to model, bring it down just a little bit, we start talking to other people, and we start trying to explain it. Man, you know God's doing this. This is what God's doing. And then you go, oh, they're not getting it. I, I, was, I had a friend of mine who was assistant pastor one day, and the Lord was showing me something in the book of James. And I was getting this incredible revelation. 
to me it was incredible revelation. And he came over, and I said, oh, he was sharing with me his Bible lesson and his devotion. It was really good, too. And he said to me, he looked, hey, I said, let me share with the, he said, what's the Lord showing you? And I showed him James, and I was showing him the scripture, and it was about the kingdom of God. And I thought, man, you're not going to believe this. This is Jesus here in the scripture. And he looked at me, and he said, he said, well, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> and I didn't know what to say. I went, and I sit back, and I told a friend of mine about it later. I said, I, I, said, I was sharing with his name was Bill. I said, Bill, I said, I, I was just pouring my heart out. And he looked at me and went, wow, that's one way to look at it. And I told my buddy, he goes, not everybody's going to get what you're getting. It, and not everybody's going to get, you're not going to get everybody what everybody else is getting. So, so, so you got to be careful that some things are just for you. Right? I, if I was married, I'd be going, we got a problem. I don't know how I'm going to be able to tell Joseph. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth was born? Yes, I see it all now, and the Lord's made ready to serve. Watch this. Let it be with me, just as you let it be with me, just as you say. What it says, the King James says, as it as your as, as your word, let it be so. Let the angel let and the angel left her. Now watch this. She gets delivered a bomb in a matter of three, four verses, and then he leaves. He's gone. There's no trace of this guy. She's left now carrying the deposit of this promise and now knowing the, the, the story about Elizabeth too and he leaves. <laughs> the angel left her. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country straight to Zachariah's house. She didn't go to Joseph. Right? I'm not saying she should have or she shouldn't have. I'm just telling you what she did. She got up because she knew there was somebody else that had a similar encounter. Yes. Yeah. You will, yeah. When you begin to have unexplainable, undeniable things happen in your life and you become gullible, vulnerable to God, yes. you will gravitate to those that have the same encounter. Yes. You will walk away from those doubters and naysayers. Yeah. The people that question and wonder, nah, yeah, I've heard all that before. I hope it works out for you. You just begin to go, uh, don't cast your pearls before don't waste your time trying to convince somebody that's not had that same encounter. That's right. You cannot explain supernatural things of, of, of the kingdom to people that have natural carnal minds. Right. They will frustrate you. Yeah. You'll frustrate them. They will make fun of you behind your back. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll talk about you behind your back. Yeah. And if they're strong, they'll talk about you in front of you. <laughs> and say, you're nuts. You're out of your mind. But, but, but see, she, she went to what she knew or who she knew had a similar experience and encounter. You gravitate to those people. When you have something happening on the inside of you that a dream just got birthed, you want to be around other people that have dreams that are birthing too. Yes. People that don't have dreams or visions, you, get, you got to be careful. You have to, you have to keep a, a little bit of a, a, a wall or a distance because if you do, people that don't have a, that aren't carrying a, a vision for themselves will only want to her chores. That's right. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country, straight to Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, look at this. When Mary's, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped. She was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly. You're so blessed among women. And the babe in your womb also is blessed. 
And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your voice, your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped. Look at this. Like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed. No evidence. No. Joseph don't know. Why was she blessed, beautiful woman? She believed God. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We, we aren't calling saved people to the front no. in this, this move of the kingdom. We're calling believers. There are too many unbelieving yes. believers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Come on. That's right. We've got to believe God. Yeah. We've got to believe God in spite of the circumstances. We've got to believe God in spite of our own insufficiencies and inadequacies. Yeah. We've got to believe God because it's who He said and what He said, and He's the He is the Word. Mm -hmm. Right? We've got to believe Him. And he's looking for some gullible people to believe him. Now watch what happens here. We'll keep going for just another second or two, and then we'll stop. And the baby in your womb also was blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me the moment of the sound of your greeting into my ears? The baby in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said. Next verse. Believe every word would come true. And Mary said, I'm bursting. Look at this. I'm bursting with God's news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior, God. God took one good look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on the earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose, whose, whose very name is holy set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies piled there high them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up until now. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back to her own home. When Elizabeth was full term in her pregnancy, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives, seeing that God had overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world.